I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Donner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. To think a year ago, we were in quarantine lockdown. We were all in our homes wondering when this whole coronavirus thing would end so we could get back to life. Well, it wasn't as fast or wasn't what we even imagined it would look like. Looking back at the year 2020, I realized so many things. First of all, I was on such a fast pace and even thinking I was enjoying the journey. But in fact, now with my 2020 vision, it was far from that. My 2020 was full of magic and a new awareness of life and what it takes to live in the moment and stop and be present to life. Like people say, 2020 was a pause or a reset or whatever it was for you. I am sure it made an impact in your life and with your family. I still haven't seen my mom and she only lives two hours away. But did I appreciate each time we were together before we had to stay apart? Of course I did. But now after we are able to be together again, my gratitude and appreciation for the time we get to spend together will have risen to a much higher level. I know each one of my girls woke up to the most gratitude in almost every area they have in their lives, school, musical theater, sports, friends, birthday parties, time with grandma and grandpa and Grammy, and the list goes on. How powerful it is if you can look at 2020 as a gift to our children. As well, I pray for each and every one to realize this life we are living is a gift. I always talk about living in the now, where there are no, there is no tomorrow or no yesterday, just this one moment. It's such an important thing to learn in life. Today is a gift from God. I always say that, but now I believe it even more. I've learned so many things in 2020 and realized my passion in this phase of my life. I can look back and see each phase of my life and what my focus was and what my passion was and see where it took me to this moment, to this now. Creating this podcast, which I know most of you know, has been one of the greatest gifts of 2020 for me. It has opened up doors I would have always dreamed of, and now it has been revealed my passion. My passion for this phase of my life, which has been helping kids and teenagers and young adults, the powerful laws of the universe. I was asked today what drives me to do what I do. I had to read his text to me a couple times, and I had to think about it. I thought about it, and for a moment... And said, I want every child on this planet to understand the laws of the universe before they leave their homes and go on to college or whatever they choose to do when it's time for them to venture off. I want them to see themselves as powerful humans and believe that they can be, do, or have anything in life. It's in my blood and what wakes me up at 4 (laughs) a.m. I want to instill tools in those sweet little minds that when they get it and see the magic, that is what lights my soul on fire. 
I guess why I'm such a believer in that and what I teach is I look back at my 20s before I dove deep into personal development and think, wow, if I knew this before I went to college, life would have been had more, way more direction, more knowing, and would have been so much easier. That is what drives me. I want kids to get get it now, not wait to be in some Tony Robbins seminar crying about their self-limiting beliefs that have robbed them of most of the days of their lives. So here I am on my third round, my third class of raising confidence, and I am on a mission, and I am going to shout it to the universe that I will transform and inspire millions of kids before I leave this planet. That is my mission, and I'm sticking to it. Mark my words. <laughs> that is my, just, I just have that in my heart. It just rings something in my soul, and I'm just so passionate about it. So today's guest is unlike any other I have had on this show. She has had two near-death experiences. She has been homeless two times, and there are so many more moments in Sherry Gideon's life that she will share with us in this interview. Her story will blow you away. (laughs) I always love to learn about my guests before we meet, but Sherry is one I couldn't get enough of for some reason. She speaks my language and has the same passion for helping others as I do to see their magic. I know when you listen to Sherry, your life will never be the same. I know mine isn't. Before we get going on this conversation with Sherry, let me tell you a little bit more about her. Sherry Gideons has been a professional bodybuilder and fitness expert. As a new thought leader, she has achieved top honors in the fitness wellness industry as a thriving coach and motivator. Her background includes more than 30 years of training in the health and wellness industry, as well as training in metaphysics and communications. Today, she continues her quest for spiritual knowledge and has a unique and powerful ability to address life issues from an integrated and comprehensive level. She has trained with some of the most spiritual teachers on the planet, like Reverend Michael Beckwith, Mary Morrissey, and many more I'm sure we will talk about today. Sherry is pure love and light and knows why she is here, and you can feel it in her energy and see it in her eyes. I am so excited for this interview and for you to meet Sherry. And without further ado, please welcome Sherry Gideons to the show. Welcome, Sherry. Oh, thank you so much, Ashley. Glad to be here. Oh, you're so welcome. So we spend, I love the time before the I pushed record to share and get to know each other and get to know each other beyond the stuff I've already learned about you, but to be in person and see your beautiful face on this computer screen and my visual of how it was going to go and saw it before it happened. And here we are. But um, to watch you and listen to our life and how I was relating to so many things to the point where I was going, wow, she did that too. And I'm like, wow, she did that too. And then having that talk and you're saying, oh my gosh, what you said, I did that too. So I just love the magic in this meeting and this podcast and what it's given me. And I'm so grateful to have you here. And your story, I said in the intro, is going to blow people away. And I don't want to cut that short. And I want you to just explain, I mean, take it where you want to. And I know you do this on all the the shows that you've been able to tell your story on and just do it whichever way you do. And I'll just listen. Awesome. Well, I always start out by asking the question, have you ever asked yourself, why am I here? What am I meant to do? What is my purpose? 
And why is life filled with challenge and setback and struggle and a lot of painful experiences? And as you probably heard already from Ashley, I am a survivor of two near-death experiences. And a lot of people are afraid of death. And, you know, they if you think of death, you have this conjured idea of everything being completely over. And it's not like that at all. And so... I was at a point in my life where I was living, you know, through a very dark time. And I came up during the evolution of the pro bodybuilding industry. And during that time, things were changing very fast for women because every show that I did, there was always a requirement for more muscle. And of course, a lot of us know that you can't get muscle like that for women unless you're using uh, sports enhancement drugs, steroids, and other drugs. And that's what happened to me. This inner not good enough, not worthy, not deserving was something that I went through for through a majority of my life because my father had modeled the behavior that we had to be perfect and that if you were perfect and you were successful in life, that that's how you got attention and love and appreciation. And so I have this conditioned belief, this conditioned behavior, you know, running in my belief system. And so all of the things that I attempted in life were around that belief. And so fast forward, I am at the point in my life where I think that the only way to me for me to truly prove myself is to not eat at all. Now, meanwhile, I'm living on steroids, I'm living on at the time methamphetamine, all to help not eat at all. And so right. here I am, 78 pounds, and I'm at the uh, the end of my life. And I began to ask those questions of myself. And uh, lo and behold, lots of experiences began to show up in my everyday life. And I got to the point where I just was asking God, you know, is this it? And on one level, I was begging to die. And on the other level, I was begging to be saved. Hmm. And when you got to that place and you were 78 pounds, you saw yourself as fat, right? You still didn't see the, you, st- you still weren't perfect. No. And that's the sad thing is, is, you know, when you hear those stories that women who have suffered through anorexia and bulimia, that's exactly where I was in my own mindset. And I could look at myself in the mirror and I saw a fat, overweight girl that wasn't good enough. And I, I literally saw that in the mirror and in the outside world, I had my mother and friends and people all begging me to eat and telling me this, but I didn't listen and I couldn't hear what Hmm. was actually going on. So all of a sudden you have a heart attack, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the gift is, is that when we leave the body, we are united in oneness. We are united in pure love. And at the same time, you're one with everything. You are all things. You know everything. And I always say, I can't sit here and even give you to the degree that you experience that much love. It's beyond what I could humanly share with you. And it's almost like you're held in the arms of this loving presence that knows every feeling you had have ever felt every experience that you have ever gone through and now is saying to you it's all okay you're loved you have always been loved but at the same time the even deeper depth of it 
it's as if you are within that power and you can call it God, you can call it infinite intelligence of the universe, but you are in that oneness, seeing and feeling through it Hmm. within everything, every part of life. Can you still feel that feeling when, is it like it happened like just yesterday? Yeah, in a lot of ways it is, but it takes developing that. It's like anything else in life. You know, we go through certain experiences and we can either use the, the negative experiences or the challenging experiences as fuel to step into the now, or we can continually put our attention on them and create more of that for ourselves in the moment. And so now what I'm able to do is to milk the gift of that experience right here, right now, anytime I face anything, mm-hmm. it's pretty awesome. Wow. And what, tell the message that you received when you were on the other side. Yeah. So one thing that happens, and I want to make this very clear is I came up in religion. And so my last name's Gideon's like the Gideon's Bible. I went to Christian school and my parents were Sunday school teachers and my grandfather was a minister And so I came up during the 60s and the 70s where you were told, don't ask questions, do as you're told. And I could not not ask even as a little girl. And so I was always told you're judged the day you die. And that is not the case. What happens is is we get to relook through everything we have given to. So at any point in my life, from birth until my moment of, of ascension, I got to feel through the people I had affected. So if I hit somebody, hurt them, stole from them, talked behind their back, judged them, whatever. Hmm. Or if I gave love and care and kindness, I got to re-feel that as if I was within those people, through their eyes and through their feelings. I love that. That gives me tears, but I see that in you. You know, I see that you are that. You know, I, we just had this conversation yesterday with my 14 year old, you know, you've just come from love. It doesn't matter if they're mean and they say all these, you know, just love, love, love. And, and then yesterday I was listening to who is the woman that's your spiritual teacher. You had a discussion with that was amazing. Do you remember be the observer, the whole thing about being the observer? Yeah, that's my, if I could ever describe the perfection of the perfect mother that would be my mentor for the last 20 years. I mean, this woman has been there through every moment of the journey for the last 20 years of my Mm -hmm. life and continually helps me to see the face of God in everyone. And so she's taught me to be the observer of what's showing up in my life. And, you know, what I really want to emphasize is, is that there is no separation between us and the universe, God, infinite intelligence, you and me, there is no separation between any of us. We are literally all united in oneness. And so when we can really understand that it has nothing to do with the color of your skin or your race or your nationality, we are all gods in bodies. And that's what you know, Reverend Nancy Woods has taught me. She's taught me, you know, if I'm driving down the road and I see a person cut me off, I could have, you know, the reaction of that no good, you know what. And, you know, just like so many of us do end up in that road rage moment. And instead, what she has continually led me and guided me towards is 
I have a choice. I have volition in that very moment to react to the same energy that's in front of me and behave in a way that's only going to get me the match frequency or the match vibration of more of that in my life. Or I step back as the observer and I recognize somewhere in that moment that one of those types of experiences showed up. I have a choice. Am I going to attach to what's in front of me? Because if it's there, it's a mirror of a piece of myself that I'm unconscious of. And so it's showing up to reveal itself so I can, you know, let go of it. So I can recognize when I'm out of alignment with what I like to call my vibrational reader meter. And it's saying to you, warning, warning. And my goodness, what power we have in that very moment of awareness, because guess what? It is what is called our point of attraction or our point of power. And so if we're in that very moment of now behaving from what's in front of us, the same energy, we're going to get more of that because what it's the the old adage, what you give, you receive. And so if I'm putting that out, what am I pulling back? More of right. who I am and what I am. Oh, I love that. I, you know, <laughs> yesterday, speak going back to that after I was listening to that conversation, you know, having a teenager, you've raised your children. And so you understand, especially girls, right? Going through this mean girl stuff. And I got so wrapped up into it. Okay. I got so wrapped up in how she was treating my daughter that my whole insides, I woke up at three in the morning and I just was trying to figure out, I'm going to, I'm carpool tonight. I'm going to bring him home. I'm going to have a conversation with her. So then I'm listening to you talk and I know better, but I just, you know, it's your daughter. It's like, how dare you don't mess with me. You know, my daughter, all you're going to mess that whole thing comes up, right? The reaction. So I was, I mean, I'm working it through my head. How am I going to do, you know, handle this? And then I'm listening to you talk to her and talking about the observer and talking about the mirror and talking about all those things that, what am I getting like, no. And then I went and met with a friend and she goes, she was even saying, no, I go, you're right. Oh my gosh. You know how I felt? I was like, you're right. Who am I? I'm not going to, that's nothing. Why do I need to react to that? It's all going to work out perfect. And I always tell the girls, everything's working for you, not to you. And we, she came down in tears. Her eyes were swollen because, you know, worried about going to her practice. And I kept telling her, like, it's all good. Everything's working for you. And she trying to believe me as her mother that's trying to teach her this her whole life, 14 years, and um, pick her up. And she goes, Mom, you're right. Everything's working for me. And it just worked out beautifully. And there's magic in that. And, but listening to, to explain to people, and I have a few friends that always like, what does mirror mean? So if, I, if, if he irritates me, that's a mirror of me? It's so hard to explain that. I get it. But if you were going to explain that to my friend, that friends that don't understand that, we explain it in a better way than I can? <laughs> yeah, well, let me just take you back to the moment for a second. And this is the one thing that is the most difficult is people don't realize that what most of us do is we use our memory to think about the past or we use our mind to imagine the future. And But the truth of it is, is we can't go back or forward from this moment. You know, time does not, and it cannot exist beyond this present moment. And so in every moment when I was talking about it being our point of power or our point of attraction, we are thinking and we're being 
from a feeling, from an emotion. And it's that feeling and that emotion, it's like a tuner on a radio station, for example. And when you turn the dial up on the tuner, when you want to get to the radio station that you want to be at, you have static in between. And so what happens is, is most of us are unconscious of how we're attracting these experiences into our moment. It's because we're being from an emotion that causes a certain vibration. And we know this is true because any environment we walk into, we can feel the vibes or what is also called a frequency. We can Mm -hmm. feel them in the room. When we are in an environment with someone else, we have about three feet of energy that exists within a circle around each of us. And now we come into the room with somebody else. They have that same three foot energy field. Mm-hmm. Now their energies come together and that's how we can feel that. So what happens with a lot of us in the moment, just let's just say it was just you sitting here thinking for a second. And maybe you're going back to a past experience about someone in particular and you're analyzing for 16 seconds about that experience. And now you analyze again about how it bothered you or how it made you mad. And you've compiled another 16 seconds of that feeling. What if it's judgment, it's judgment. And then now you're moving in another direction. And now your perception is trying to figure out what you might've said or what you might've said differently. And now you've compiled energy again. And what happens is by 68 seconds, you've built enough energy around that that direction of thinking and that emotional feeling that is putting out, you know, turning up that dial to what that feeling or emotion is. And it's causing experiences because the universe is all energy. It's all infinite, tiny particles of white light. And so that energy you're putting out is causing an experience to be pulled into your moment. And so when I use the word mirror, basically it's just, it's revealing to you a piece of use, a piece of being, a piece of attachment to an emotion, Mm -hmm. a piece of a state of mind. The experience is showing you where you're being And you're attached in yourself. And so as I call it a mirror, because I always think to myself, okay, okay, Sherry, this is a piece of you that you obviously aren't aware of, but here's the gift. The gift is as you grow that muscle of awareness, because let's face it, you can't change what you're not aware of. Right. And when you become aware that something's showing up in your experience, that doesn't serve you and it doesn't feel good. I like to call it sitting on my own shoulder. I begin to go into third person, basically. I sit on my own shoulder and I watch my behavior without attachment. And I am looking at, you know, just like if somebody cut me off on the road and I'm like ready to do road rage and ready to like chase them down the freeway. I'm looking at my emotional behavior and then I, without attachment without judgment or what's wrong with you, man, you're doing it again. And why do you keep making these mistakes? No, I don't blame myself or even shame myself. I look at it and I say, okay, so there's obviously something that I need to correct a behavior that I need to correct. 
And so that's what I do. Now, the way that I utilize that, that awareness is I have a very simple statement that I make to myself. I say, what is it I really want? And I begin to speak it because just as our thought and our emotion has power, so does me speaking to you right now. It has a tone, it has a vibration, it has a frequency. And so I already said in the beginning is we're gods in bodies. So we have the same powers as God. We are individualized pieces of God, of the universe, of the quantum field. We're pieces of this. And so we can choose to align with joy, enthusiasm, love, happiness, gratitude. The problem is, is most of us have trouble sustaining it because we haven't built that muscle yet. And so, as I said, that's why the moment is so important. Here I am in the moment. I'm aware that I'm behaving in a way that's not serving me, or I have an experience that's showing up that's not serving me. Instead of giving it more power, I say, what is it I really want? And then I go and I answer it. What I really want is to be in a conversation right now with all of your listeners, Ashley. Woo! As I say that, as I'm so clear about that being so aligned with my heart, and my truth, I have the chills shooting through my whole body. That's energy. It's mm-hmm. energy saying yes. As I go deeper, what I really want is to be in a grocery store, a gas station, anywhere that I have an opportunity to meet someone in the moment and raise their lives and raise their awareness and help them tap in, turn on and tune in to the that. gift that they are. And I go deeper. What I really want is to be all over the world, helping people of all ages tap into their power, tap into their greatness and live their best lives. And as you see, I just went deeper, deeper, deeper with more specific truth of what I really want and who I am. And so what I've done is, is I have developed a habit. We talked about habits earlier. I've developed a habit of strengthening that muscle of my, in myself and, and just like yourselves, it's like going to the gym. When you very first start out at the health club or the gym, you're weak and you're just beginning. And sometimes you can lift a three pound weight, a 10 pound weight, a 20 pound weight, and then you move forward through there. And that's what this life of living in the moment and owning your power is all about. It's about developing that. It's about remembering who you truly are and what abilities you have to create the life you were born to live. This is your birthright. Right. Oh, and to have, so when you were, I want to go back to the, when you woke up and you realized I'm here, I'm back in this body. I had a choice. But I also know that you learn things that you can't share, right? Yeah. Well, I can. Why is that? Here's the gift. The gift is, is that there's a lot going on that we're not ready for, that we're not open to. We've lived these lives where we come into the body and we have a particular family and they have their own lineage or their historical ways of believing that have you know, been passed down through lifetime of lifetime, certain habits and thoughts. And then we enter into the environment of the world. We go to school and, you know, 
We meet people who have had life's experiences of their own or teachings from their family, and they bring them into our world. And we take those beliefs on and we integrate them into our own belief system. And so when I had the near-death experience, I was surrounded by thousands of spirits with my soul group, ascended masters, angels, and my family members that had lived with me in other lifetimes. This is the hardest part for people to conceptualize is that we don't die. This Mm -hmm. body dies. This body, um, you know, transcends. We move into a world of ascension where we are immortal. We are forever. And our spirits go on. Our spirits evolve. And so that was all given to me. That gift of, you can call it a download, you can call it they were speaking to me from this place of I am. Every single one of them were speaking to me as I am. And so after they showed me my life over, they showed me what I had come for, what I had chosen in this lifetime. They said that we choose in this lifetime what we're going to come And remember that we're going to remember that we are gods and bodies, that we are going to remember we have the power to create anything. And so that's what I was shown. But I was shown that through the sherry that had already fulfilled that purpose in another dimension. And I can use this biblically because what has what's been said in the Bible? What did Jesus say? One, Jesus said, we are gods. Ye are gods. And the other thing he said is, is that. We have the ability to create anything that we desire and that we are immortal. And so here I am being shown all this. I was given time to rest. Of course, I was shown many, many other things, but I was told that I never had to worry that all the right people would show up at the right moment to help me move forward. Mm -hmm. And, And then I was given time to rest and to choose. And obviously I chose to come back. And as I ascended back or descended back into the body, the last thing that was said to me was, and you must help the world to understand that they must give of themselves freely without expecting and love is all there is. So here I come back into the body and I'm vibrating from a frequency of pure love, mm-hmm. of oneness, of no separation between me and God, me and the universe. And so I have all these spiritual gifts. I have telepathy. I have clairvoyance. I can literally have someone show up in my moment and I can read their minds. I have these abilities to discern where the person is in their own individual lives. And so I chose in this lifetime to impact the world in helping to awaken the world and that I would come together with other people like you, Ashley, and other people that I'm coming into the moment with and that we will bring our power together because it goes back to that old adage where two or more are gathered. As we bring our power together in awareness, in understanding, that just accumulates more energy and Mm -hmm. that vibration is higher. And so together we have the ability to help to shift the world from this idea that things are being done to us to the awareness of no one's ever done anything to us. 
but right. what we've allowed, but what we've pulled in as a result of our own beingness. And Ashley and you, you and I can step together in this knowingness and this awareness that there is a power that moves through and lives within us. And as we access that, the how is none of our business because there's infinite avenues, channels, and opportunities for expression. But uh, it's deep stuff. I mean, I came back into the body and I tried to tell in 1997 what the world you know, needed to hear. Well, do you think that that was easy? No. What happened was is the world laughed at me, vilified me, spit on me, and called me crazy. And my own family, my father said, you made your bed, you lie in it. And he said, you deserve to walk homeless on the streets. They have a, they have a shelter at the local YMCA. Why don't you go there? Oh and my, my own, yeah. And my own mother, she said, well, you know, her husband was the same age as me. And that, sounds so, that. that wow. sounds so crazy, but, but yeah, he said, I'm not responsible for your grown daughter and her choices. So I ended up homeless living on the streets in the Sequoia national forest. Oh my gosh. Okay. So this is the part I need to understand. So you yeah. come back and your dad, they, they're the you know, they don't believe in what you're believing. So you're telling them what you learned. So, and they're not, they're like, oh, you're so scary, Sherry. (laughs) Is that what happened? And then they're like, I don't have anything to do with that. Cause they're judgmental. I don't know. Yeah, they were that. Well, you have to realize my father came through the fifth, you know, the fifties, the sixties and all of that. His mother was left on a doorstep during the great depression. And when you know, they couldn't take care of their children. At the time they were having, you know, between 11 and 15 children at a time during that time in in the world. And so Mm -hmm. my grandmother was left on a doorstep and a woman ended up taking her in and and raising her. And so then my father was conceived during World War II when my grandmother was working in the air hangars. And so he was raised by a grandmother who basically lived her belief system from the idea of hard love, that you don't get what you want in life unless you work hard and you have to do it yourself. And so my father was an overachiever and he was a multimillionaire, but he never gave me a thing. His whole belief system was built around the idea that it's the choices you make in life. And, and so he thought, well, okay, you made mistakes and, and basically you're a drug addict and you made some really horrible choices and you deserve to experience the results of your choices. And that's why he let me walk homeless on the streets. He basically oh. had judged me to that point. Oh, I mean, just even being a parent, I just can't imagine that mind thinking that's okay. And did you have children yet? When, when did you have the children when you went to the, the Sequoia National Park? But is that now? Yeah. Yeah. So now I have, so I have, I I like to always say I have a winter crop of children and a summer crop of children. So I have grown children I had in my twenties. And what happened is, is my daughter was eight and my son was a baby. He was about a year and a half when I hit bottom and we were living in the forest because pride, one was pride. Pride wouldn't let me go get help. Pride would let me not walk back into that world of darkness that I was living and being from before I had the near-death experience. And so when I ended up going through that with my parents, my mother took me to the Sequoia National Forest with a tent and supplies and food. And at the time, I had no money and you had to pay to camp. And so I had to go way to the outskirts of the forest 
where you didn't have to pay. And so that's how I ended up in the forest. And here's the cool thing, going back to the whole gift that was given to me in the light about never having to worry that all the right people show up at the right moment. That gift isn't only for me. It's for everyone. It's for all of you. Every single one of us has contracted for these experiences to occur, for these people to show up in our moments, good or bad, all here to help us remember what I'm sharing with you right now, which is you, you are so powerful and you have gifts within you to create anything. There is nothing that you are separate from, but it's time to choose that for yourself and start practicing building that muscle in yourself as if only today exists. Right. Oh, I love that. And so when you're sleeping in the tent with your babies, you already have in the mind, in your mind, because you've already come from understanding, you never have to worry. Were you just like, like a happy little mom in the forest because you knew it was all good. It was all going to work out. Oh God, no, 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 no. (laughs) When I literally ended up in the forest, like any human being, I thought I had been tricked from coming into the body. I was very upset and very angry because I didn't realize when this gift had been given to me of a second chance, I thought I was going to be that version of Sherry that I had been shown in the light that day. And so now I'm experiencing what all of us would probably call ever loving hell. And I realized in that experience that there were situations that were showing up in the moment that I was willing to surrender and let go of because what we've all been talking about for a while here is about how we have a point of power in the moment. That's what was shown to me on the other side. And so I'm in this whole Sequoia National Forest with my children and Mm -hmm. I overhear this man in in a tent with all these other men in a campsite right next to me. And I hear him telling this story about how he had a near-death experience. And I walk over there and I said, excuse me. I said, I thought I overheard you saying that you had a near-death experience. And he says, yes, I did. And I said, so have I. And I started to tell him what my story was. And that weekend, that whole group of men shared all their food with us. They took us fishing. They, hmm. We told stories by the campfire, the gift of the near-death experience. And, and these other men were men who had struggled with alcoholism and drug addiction. And at the end of the weekend, the man, one of, you know, the man I originally talked to, he comes to me and he says, you forever changed my life. He says, you took me to the next level in my life. And so he says, here's $15. It's yours. It's all I have. He says, but I will never forget you. And that was just one experience that began to happen as I began to trust, as I began to let go and realize that, yeah, you can call them breadcrumbs, but the next breadcrumb would drop And I would be led to the next step, whether it was being in a grocery store and all of a sudden I'm reading some food, piece of food or a box of cereal that's saying the specific words that I need in that moment. Or somebody's showing up in the moment and I'm ending up in a conversation with them and they're saying exactly what I need to hear so I can take the next step. 
Right. And that's available to all of us, but we're in the way because we're looking outward at what's going on in the world. And the world is only as a result of what's going on inward in each of us. Right. So you lived in the forest for until you found the breadcrumbs to get out. Yep. And then your husband, you got divorced before you had the near death. I lost where he was. Yeah. So the husband, I had been married to a military man during the eighties and he fought in several wars and ended up in Saudi Arabia during the Kuwait war. And when he came back, he had PTSD severely. And it was during this time that he didn't know if he was coming or going in his mind. All he knew is that he still lived on the battle zone. And so mm-hmm. there, were, there were many experiences where he would, we'd sleep with the curtains open and he'd walk the streets all hours of night, you know, trying to deal with it all. And at certain points he thought I was the enemy and tried to kill me. And one point he broke my nose and other point he tried to shoot me. And, oh and my gosh. yeah. And I got to the point where, you know, I was not going to live like that anymore. And so we separated And it was during this separation that he came back, I think it was for a month or so, and I ended up pregnant with my son. But I realized during that time that I no longer wanted to be subjected to that. And so we ended up getting divorced. And about three months before my son was born, our divorce was final. And Hmm. so, yeah, so part of it was during that experience when I finally got out of the Sequoia National Forest. And that was really when pride said to me, you know what, it's time to let go of your pride. And now it's time to go get help for you and your children. And I eventually ended up, you know, getting help for this from the system and ended up in a homeless shelter. And it was during that time that I realized I need to give my daughter an opportunity to, you know, to live her life, to live a happy life until I can get on my feet. And so I called my ex-husband up who was living with his parents at the time and her grandparents agreed to take her. And it was, yeah. And it was during that experience that you have to realize human nature though, you know, mom had made a lot of bad choices. Mom had made some mistakes and where they were in their lives was that they were going to judge, you know, me for all the bad choices I had made. And so they turned my daughter against me. And, uh, but the gift of what, you know, what I really want to emphasize is is that as I was growing as a person, as an aware person of utilizing these universal principles and these laws of nature, and I was beginning to understand how to use them rightly, I realized that I had given my daughter a gift. And that was a gift to not be on the streets with me. It was a gift to get, you know, allow me to get my life together and to get things straight. And so when I finally did have my life together and things straight, I let her make the decision whether or not she wanted to come back. And she didn't, she did not want to come back. In a lot of years, she felt abandoned and she felt, you know, that what I had done had ruined her life. But eventually, when she was old enough to really realize what had happened and to give me the chance to explain, our lives changed. And the gift is, is that we started to develop and grow a relationship. And then eventually, my own daughter ended up with leukemia um, in 2017. And that was the most healing part of the journey for both of us. 
because she finally let go at the level where she was ready to allow her mom to coach her, to allow her mom to share with her these universal principles and these laws and ways of being that I'm sharing with all of you. And literally last year in about March, she had the port taken out of her chest and she is now in total remission. So oh, wow, what is a blessing. One, no kidding. Is that one of the twins? No. So that's my oldest. She's 30. Oh, that's, oh, 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 wow. Okay. So this is the one that you let, let the grandparents raise. This is who we're yeah. talking about. Isn't that, and when you talk about a whole 360 of healing and here we are. And then my son, the baby who was homeless with me on the streets, he's now 26. And then I don't know if you want to get into this, but I had a second near death in 2004. And it was during that time that one of my babies was born without a throat. She was born with half vertebrae in her upper shoulders and half vertebrae in her lower lumbar. And she was also born with double hernias. And they say that it's, they call it an anomaly and that it happens in one in 20,000 women who deliver a baby or babies over the age of 35. And I was almost 40. And um, basically what happens is they completely stop growing around six weeks when you don't even know you're pregnant. And they can call it divine invention or miraculous restart. But basically all of a sudden the child will begin to grow again in your stomach. And so in this case, my little girl was born with uh, what they call trachea esophaga fistula. So her, her throat grew to a box and the esophagus grew to her lungs. And in my case, one week later, I ended up going into total cardiac arrest and uh, had another near-death experience. And it was in this experience that I was told that you know who you are why you came in this lifetime and you're meant to go back and to share that with the world. That is your legacy. That's why you've chosen this time to come to the planet. And I remember watching myself come back into my body and I could hear my husband like freaking out in uh, the outside of the ICU and him and the doctor walk in together. And the doctor begins to say basically that I had a massive heart attack. They call it uh, total congestive heart failure or cardiomyopathy. And I had only 37% heart function and that within six months, I'm going to need a heart transplant and then I'm never going to exercise again. And, uh, Basically, I just looked at him and I said, listen, I said, I've already had one near-death experience. I know why I'm here and I know what I meant to do. And I said, I'm going to heal to 100%. And he looked at me like, are you nuts? And I I just said to him, I said, I'm going to show you what's possible for all of us. And basically what I did is, is I, as I've been stating through this whole conversation is, is I began to surrender only in today. And so I was being, I like to emphasize the word from, I was being from wholeness. And so I would go into my imagination and I would imagine that every artery was flowing with blood perfectly and that the heart was pumping powerfully and that every cell was, was living in a dance of wholeness. And so each day I would not let people talk to me about sickness or illness or dis, I like to call it dis-ease in the body. Yeah, I love and, and I would only steer the conversation towards 
you know, how I'm going to outweigh the odds, how I'm going to persevere, how I'm going to win. He said, no exercise. I exercised anyway. No, I didn't go through like, oh my God, let me go out and, you know, full on do an aerobics. But what I did is I did the, the, the easy things, exercise, walking, little movements that I could do. And I kept moving forward every single day in the belief. And it kept, there were moments, come on, we're all human. There were moments where I was like, is this real? And then immediately, just like I said earlier to all of you, I would go into what is it I really want? I want to impact people. I want to help wake up people. I want people to know their power. I have to do that in me. I have to be the example in me first. And fast forward three years later, and this is 2007, I walk into the office one day and he says, you have a seat and I'm very silly and playful. So anybody that I end up, you know, developing a relationship with becomes a very, you know, fun time because I'm like, I'm going to show you what I can do. You know, (laughs) and that's what happened. And so he sits me down and he basically says, you know, when I very first met you and you were talking this way, I thought, oh my goodness. He's like, this is like over the top airy fairy thinking. And, and he says, and I told you that you remember that. And I said, yes, I do. And I said, I told you that anything is possible. And so that's what ended up happening was, is I showed him over a three-year period what's possible for all of us. And it ended up, I healed to 100%. And he says, your medication is harming you rather than helping you. And he weaned me off all my medication. And uh, I have not been on anything since 2007. And I'm completely healed. Oh my gosh. I love that story so much because we can't say anything that in that way. It's all dis-ease and we don't, we don't talk about sickness. We talk about wellness, but I'm just, this is what I'm getting right now. And I'm just going to go with it. So when I think of you, I feel like you were your blueprint or your plan before you came was to have these near-death experiences. You know, you have the, sh- the veil, so you, you don't know, you know, all this stuff, right? So then you go and you, you have this first near-death, you get this message. And before you came to this earth, you decided that was, was going to be the way you learned to see the true Sherry, right? So you had to see that to come back. And then start to realize, even if you're in this national park and you're thinking, wait, this is not the life I signed up for. I thought it was going to be this beautiful sherry that I saw. But for you to go back and then be back in this body and go through the stuff that you've done. And then you decided I'm going to have to do it again because I need to get more clear and more, you know, I need to make more of an impact. But you came here to be this leader of showing people that they can do it. But I feel like all those little things that you learned, you know, we all know that we have a blueprint of life before we come down, but yours is, it makes you realize like, I don't have a near death experience. I mean, I've interviewed people that have had them and I hear them because I'm interested in that if I listen to something or read, but I realize what my view is, is you chose that because you knew it before, right? So we knew all that, but you needed to have that little memories to come back and go, wake, wake up, wake up, Sherry. You got to wake up. Do you see that? Oh, absolutely. And it was a constant shifting of belief. I mean, I like to always use 
Jesus, for example, because so many people, you know, are, they believe in Jesus. And I, listen, I accept every religion. I mean, I was raised in the Christian belief, but what I know now is, is that if it was religion, we'd all be hoping the religion we chose was the right one. It's so much more than that. And, you know, Jesus taught all of us that as a person thinks, so they are. And so I want to just emphasize here that it's very important to understand, you know, this single point that knowing that there is a law and these are laws of nature, laws of vibration, and they correspond to our belief and our thoughts. And so what that does is it indicates to us to be aware of what we think. And that's why I said, how do you change this? How do you do something about it? Well, it's about developing awareness in the moment. And you can't change what you're not aware of. And so as you become aware of your beliefs and your emotions in the moment, what happens is, is you learn to observe with detachment, without emotional attachment. And then you become an intention and attention to the beliefs and the emotions of already having what you desire. And when you understand this and you broaden this, your awareness gets developed. And that's so important for everyone. Right. I want you to explain how you get your vibration up, how you live in your moment in the morning and how you keep that. Because I'm all about vibration and we in this house and the kids I teach, it's all about vibration and showing them that it is a muscle. Yeah. And just like all everything else that we've been talking about and the thoughts you think are a muscle, you know, you catch those thoughts and you switch them. And I teach them like, as soon as that little trigger of like, oh, just switch it. And then you get where like, I can't even say anything, you know, like it's really hard to, I know, say anything that I'm not any negative thing or everything is going to be, I'm creating my life, you know, with thoughts create our reality. But I love your morning routine. I'm a huge morning routine. That's part of one of my modules in the, with the kids is teaching them a morning routine and Because I think, gosh, if kids realize that if they wake up, they're happy. They always have to smile before they get out of bed. They have to feel the gratitude, right? We feel it. And it's all about the feeling. And and then you look at yourself in the mirror and you're just like, I am beautiful. I'm loving. I'm strong. I'm amazing. And I love your whole thing. And I want you to do it. Okay. So when I get up in the morning, I I call it the 60-second happy blast. And so I get up and I look at myself in the mirror or I have a mirror that's in my kitchen. It's a long mirror. And I know this is so funny, but I literally look at myself, you know, sometimes naked in the mirror and I just look at my smile. I'll smile and I'll be like, you're so beautiful. You're so amazing. I love your spirit and I love your heart. And then I'll scan my body from the top of my head all the way to the tips of my toes. And I'll talk to every area of my body. Oh, I love, love, love your eyes. And I love your nose and I love your smile and I'll watch myself smile. And then I will scan all the way down, talking to every part of my body and telling it about how much I love it and how beautiful it is. And then I'll talk to my cells and I'll I'll say, cells, you know, thank you for providing to me perfect health and wellness and wholeness and that every cell dances in the joy of love. And then I... I do that for 60 seconds and then I sit down and I write out, I have a gratitude book and in the gratitude book, I state what I am and what I desire 
from the place that it's already happened. So I start out the sentence and I write, I'm so happy and grateful now that. So like I have a live show and podcast as well called High Vibe Nation. And so what I do is I'll say something like, I'm so happy and grateful now that. Um, Bob Proctor is on my show and he's sharing all these amazing principles and, and ways to think from, you know, the scientific side. And then I'll go, I'm so happy and grateful now that I've got Michael Beckwith on High Vibe Nation sharing the four stages of consciousness. And do you see how I'm feeling in this emotion as I'm explaining it to you? Well, that's what I'm feeling when I'm writing it down. I mean, I'm writing it down, feeling all this. And so I do 10 things, 10 things I'm so grateful for. I'm so happy and grateful that I have this amazing house and every room is filled with energy. And I walk outside the back door and I have this swimming pool that I can, you know, get into in the summer heat of Arizona and I can have amazing people over to entertain and have conversations. And ooh, it feels so wonderful. And then I get still, I get settled. And I, I take that time to meditate, that time to, you know, open myself up for spirit to come through me, to speak to me, to have communion with. And I get into no thought. And so many people say, oh, let me do a guided meditation. Or they say, I can't do meditation. And it takes time. It takes time of building a muscle into meditation, just like all the things we've been discussing here today. And I keep pulling myself back to no thought, getting still and allowing this muscle of meditation to develop and to grow. And like we've been talking, I mean, it's during these times that this higher spirit, you can call it God, will start talking to me just like we're talking right now, like my best friend. And it's awesome. Oh, love that. Yeah. Is that something that you've fine-tuned and gotten really clear over the years? Like it's not something that like all of a sudden you started hearing the voice or you've always had that? Well, I've always had it since the time I was a little girl where I noticed that, but it was only when I started to develop the stillness because I had a very chatty mind, which a lot of people have. And I was conditioned to live in the outer world and look at what was happening outwardly. Um, you know, in the world, what the world taught us that we got to go out and, you know, work hard to make things happen. And we've got to hustle and, and we've got to compete with other people. And after the near death experience, I realized that wasn't true, that everything happening outwardly was because of what was happening inwardly in me. And so as I learned to develop the meditation, the more that that, like turning the dial up on the channel, the more that that communication came through clearer and clearer. And I was tuning my tuner. See, the universe comes through the top of our crown chakra, which is called the thalamic gate. And so as I began to strengthen that tuner, the clearer the messages came through. And that's what happens now is, is it's developed in me to the point that some pretty awesome, amazing things happen to me. And it's possible for all of us. And you've been trained by Michael Beckwith. I remember the story where you got the postcard. Yeah. And how that led you to him. That was a breadcrumb. Mm -hmm. So remember what I said, when I came back into the body after this experience, I was vibrating a pure love. And so what happened was, is when I got out of the streets homeless, 
I ended up in Venice Beach in a commune. And interestingly enough, it was, you know, the next experience that I needed, you know, living in a commune with a lot of people, understanding them right where they're at, coming to love them for where they were at. And when you're vibrating from this higher frequency, what happens is, is you're attracting what I said earlier, your match or the things that are in alignment with you. And so we call it the mystical. And it's the things that are unseen that begin to show up. And so in this case, a postcard arrives to the commune one day and the postcard basically says on it, you know, what I was told in the near-death experience, that we create our own reality, that we are pure consciousness and that we are gods and bodies. And so it has an address on it and it says agape. And this is in 1997. And so... Agape, which is a big monstrous church now, and Michael Beckwith was in the movie The Secret. He was in a smaller church at the time, and so all I had was a bicycle. So I put my baby on the back end of the bicycle one Sunday, and I rode my bike to his church, which was you know quite a distance. And so at the end of the church, you know, he's standing at the back end of the church, and he asks me, he says, "How did you hear about us?" And I said. I received your postcard and this big smile comes over his face and he, you know, hugs me and he whispers in my ear, we don't advertise. And of course, you know, I was embarrassed because remember my prior self was like, you know, wanting to prove myself to people. So here I am, I'm embarrassed. And he holds my hands and he looks at me and he says, sweetie, he says, your God within you showed you exactly what you needed to read and see in that postcard to bring you here. And, you know, nowadays I go back to that whole saying by Rumi. Rumi says, what you are seeking is always seeking you. And so what I was seeking to do was to be around other like-minded people, people that understood what I understood. And here I'm guided to Michael Beckwith's church, Agape. and I can't tell you how many times I was in that church and I swear to God, I thought God was speaking directly to me through Mm -hmm. him. And that's what this is all about. You know, the mystical is available to all of us. And as we seek, that's the cause of what's pulling into our lives more of what we want or more of what we don't want. And so here I am today and I have continually had the willingness and the desire to grow into that woman that I had been shown 24 years ago. And here's the gift. Why did I have to go through all of those experiences of living in Las Vegas and the mafia and this and that, struggling walking homeless on the streets? Why did I have to go through all of that? You know why? Because in order for me to talk to people like I'm talking right now, I had to meet people right where they're at. I had to discover and find out who I was and I had to practice what I preach from being from that place in order to share with others how to do it. Oh, totally. Oh my gosh. Think of that. Think of all the way, like looking at it from a, you know, where you're at in your life and seeing how the puzzles was put together and to have that knowing that it was all perfect. Yep. 
And that's why all the things that when everyone looks at your, their life and they're in this place of worry or, you know, how am I going to pay the rent or how am I going to do this? And to know, have that knowing of that you never have to worry. Have you ever had to, I mean, in real life, like there's going to be some man that's going to give you $15 to get gas in your car to get there. You know, there's going to be those little breadcrumbs and to trust and know and surrender and let it happen and be aware, right? Have that awareness. That's right. And if people like you or like me that want to show everyone to see that and open your eyes because life is amazing and it's all, we're all God and we're all connected and we're all love and to be in that place and have that muscle that keeps you in that place. And I know we're human and we'll, you know, go down that little, you know, alley once in a while, but we have a muscle. So we'll bring it, bring ourselves back. I love it. And I yeah. love, and I know we're wrapping up, but I, yes. see, I told you I could have part two and because there's so many things, but what tell it. So you have your podcast. I know you have so many things and I met, I listened to you on clubhouse and I just resonated with your message and I had to connect with you. And I just really felt something in your energy that I had to, I mean, obviously we were connected and here we are, but how else be high vibe nation podcast, which is amazing. What else? Yeah, so I have recently partnered up with Dr. Jeffrey Fannin, who is one of the most well-known neuroscientists in the world, and we're bridging the gap between spirituality and science. He's able to show through uh, particular types of equipment that he uses, he can show people what's happening in their energetic system, their vibrations through measuring people's chakras. We can put that up on the screen. We can brain map people. We can find out where in their, you know, their brains are they having issues with letting go, having issues with information that may be firing at the front of their brain and not getting, and it's misfiring to the back of their brain. There's just so many incredible things that him and I have done. And he's traveled all over the world with Dr. Joe Dispenza. And uh, so really amazing stuff. And so you can find us through that at thoughtuniversity.online. There's some pretty amazing things we're doing. And you can find out more about me at sherrygideons.com. Oh, I love it. You're amazing. You're an angel. Like I just see you sitting there going, oh, she's like, I mean, an earth angel, (laughs) the (laughs) angel that is sitting here glowing bright with those beautiful eyes. And I just, I'm looking at you and when I see you speak, it's like, it's just coming, you know, like it's just coming through you and you are this beacon of light, love, everything. I mean, what a blessing. I'm so grateful to have met you. Likewise. I will be... I wish I was like in Arizona. It's not that far. I'm sure we will pass each other again for sure. Absolutely. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate this so much. We'll have to do part two. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Sherry. All right. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, always look for the magic.